It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. LeFondre looking to get close to LeFondre away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast, take two, as my wife and I completely crashed on the first effort. And yes, we are sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, yesterday was a standard Reading FC away game, another defeat, 4-1 at Blackpool. Alex, you were there, long journey there. How are you doing today? Long journey there, long journey back, Reading lost. It's pretty much a standard away day, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't really matter where we are, who we're playing, unless it's in the Pizza Cup, which then we then suddenly turn. In fact, if it's in the Cups, Alex, we suddenly turn into this completely different team, don't we? Yeah, I think it's, what is it, 13 goals we've scored away from home so far um, in the Cups and none conceded. And we've won both of them. So maybe if we can just, you know, request the... EFL to make every single league game of ours a cup game. That would be ideal. Yeah, EFL, not necessarily on our best friend list, are they, for either side right now, are they? But let's get into the game from uh, yesterday. Uh, We started okay, as we said on the first recording, Alex, but just collapsed like a bunch of cars, didn't we? Three goals conceded in 11 minutes. And first of all, we're trying the high press for the first goal that we concede. Nelson Abbey gets beaten on the halfway line. Then Hutchinson makes the situation even worse by giving away an absolutely ridiculous penalty. I, I've no idea what an experienced player like that is doing there. No, um, it's one of those situations where people who claim that, you know, Reading don't have enough experience and that we should be playing more older heads will like look at what happened yesterday. Hutchinson's dived in for a challenge. He's three yards behind the player when he's when he's trying to tackle him. And really, it's completely changed the game, that, that penalty, because up until that point, the game was fairly balanced for the first 20 minutes or so. And, and I mean, yeah, Nelson Abbey is beaten on the halfway line, as you say. I think it's the first time we've seen a, a striker really kind of out-muscle him yesterday. I think he's 
he probably had a little bit of a lesson yesterday and it was his first real bad game i think nelson abbey um the ball gets you know goes round abbey and then hutchins is chasing him down you know great to see him chasing the striker and but he's he's not he doesn't need to do it he's they're on the corner of the box when he puts the challenge in binden's already covering the the you know the striker in the center of the uh in the box and the Blackpool player who's, who comes down, he's, he's not going to be able to score from where he is. Like, he's, he's just not. It, it would have to be a, an incredible shot for him to score from there. So there was no need for Hutchinson to, to dive in. And then, you know, we get close. Button gets close with the penalty save. And I, I think he should probably do better on the penalty save, to be honest, Paul. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he should have saved it. Um, I think it's always really harsh to blame the goalies or because you know on a penalties it's tough isn't it it's not the best struck penalty there's, there's no doubt on that but he looked very frustrated with himself that he didn't save it yeah no yeah that's absolutely true so you're probably right on that one he'd be a little bit disappointed himself but if you look at the whole game as with david button i don't think we can pinpoint any of the goals on him again really i i don't come from that thinking, oh, we've got another issue. He's had a stinker. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not sure like any of the goals you could you you can pinpoint and say, oh, well, Button should have, you know, stopped all three of them. Or I think he probably should do better on the penalty and, and maybe he should do better on the last goal. But it, ultimately, what difference does it make if you've conceded, you know, two really soft goals elsewhere? It's it's difficult to it's difficult to blame the goalkeeper when you've when you've given up four massive you know, four massive chances in, in the space of, what, 35 minutes on the field. I, I mean, three goals in 11 minutes, says it all. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, uh, second oh, This is just uh, woeful, woeful defending here. Um, Mola, I, I don't think he jumped for the ball. I mean, just apart from this goal, what are your thoughts on Mola so far? Because I don't think I've been very impressed, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I don't really... Don't really see it uh, defensively. I just think he's a bit of a liability. Um, he, he, the first half yesterday, he might as well have not played. And I think that's maybe being generous to how good he was yesterday in the first half. He was like a human statue. Every single time the ball was on the left-hand side for Blackpool, they played a cross-field ball over to their right-hand side and attacked Mola. And I, I don't think he won the ball at all off, the, off of them. Um it's all well and good being a good player going forwards, but if you're a left back and you can't defend, then you're kind of you're surplus to requirements straight away. Um, I somebody tweeted me, I can't remember who it was, but somebody tweeted me during the game yesterday and said that they would be he he'd be their fourth choice left back at the minute. And I mean, we've only seen him play what two and a bit games so far, so I don't know quite you know quite how. Um, quite how low down the, the order he should be, but it's difficult to see him being first choice for a prolonged period of time. If he's, if he's not able to defend, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, and as you say, if the, the, the defending for the second goal is just, is really poor. The ball gets cleared out back out to the left-hand side after a, after a corner. Nobody really closes the man down quick enough uh, to get the cross back in. He gets kind of a free cross back in. But we've got six, seven defenders still in the area when the cross comes in, and, and you'd think, oh, well, 
there's not enough Blackpool attackers here to, to try and really win the ball or challenge for the ball. And it's a good cross, don't get me wrong, it's in a very dangerous area, but it Mola doesn't challenge for it. And the Blackpool player basically gets a, a free jump at the ball, free header, and it's he's six yards out. It's it's almost I mean, it's too easy for them really at that point. And what's that, the twenty four minutes and we've conceded two goals in four minutes and the game's over and we're not like we're not looking like we're gonna score two. Um you know, we're we're not really we're not going to threaten to score two away from home or come back and win that three two. So, in the space of five minutes, two massively you know massive individual errors from Hutchinson and Mola have pretty much cost us the game straight away, and it's another away day defeat. Yeah, um, we're going to come on to individual mistakes and uh, the system, which bits worse, which is causing the problem uh, a little bit later in the questions. Let's now move on to the third one here. Yeah, oh, man, this was dreadful. I mean, um, it was just bad all over. I mean, sorry, but my way of dealing with this is sometimes to laugh because it was so bad. I mean, you got Nelson Abbey completely being outstrength and getting the getting done for the header for the flick on. Then Mola nowhere near it. I mean, it's a good finish by Jordan Rhodes. I mean, this is what he does, isn't it? Well, he's done this throughout his career. But wow, uh, have it on a plate, Jordan. Have it so where you'd probably most like to have it. I mean, the most frustrating thing about this goal is the ball starts with the Blackpool goalkeeper and it's a long ball just pumped up the middle of the field to absolutely nobody. I mean, Abby doesn't win the header. You know, these things happen. You're not going to win every header. Fine, fair enough. And it just kind of flies through to the Blackpool player on the right hand, on, to Rhodes on the right hand side. Uh, not Rhodes, sorry. It flies through to a, one of the other Blackpool players on the side of the box, on the right hand side. Um, at their attacking right. And Mola makes a challenge and the Blackpool player kind of falls over. And Mola just stops. He just literally just stops. He doesn't move after he's made the challenge because I think he, think, he, he thinks he's given away a penalty. Um, you know, I mean, his, his reaction pretty much says it all. He, it probably should have been a penalty. But the ball rolls straight to Jordan Rhodes and he's, you know, able to just fire home from about eight yards at an angle. But the defending, like Mola just, he switches off completely. He's so far off the pace there, like for the goal. Um and yes, Abby's missed the original header, but there's still an element to defend after that. I I don't really, yeah, I just don't understand what the kind of the planning was with the with the with the sticking of sticking his foot in and trying to win the ball because he's nowhere near the ball when he's when he's tried to tackle the player. Um, and ultimately, because he stops, the ball just rolls straight through to Jordan Rhodes, and it's it's. I mean, it's not an easy finish for Jordan Rhodes, as you say, but it's it's just one of those. It's another example of like where we've just completely just been outdone by something so simple. It's a you know a long ball, and the ball goes from their goalkeeper into our net in about eight seconds or so. Yeah, I mean, where you look at the fourth goal, it's quite similar. To be honest, it's a long ball up. The Blackpool striker wins it. it does does his job uh, absolutely perfectly. Uh, Three players almost around him. Well, two very close, one behind him. Tyler Binden gets out strength. The ball falls uh, nicely for Jordan Rhodes. And then I don't think you can really say much about Nelson Abbey on this, this is, one. He's ahead of him, isn't he, Jordan Rhodes? So, and he finishes it well, but he's so much space. How can you leave Jordan Rhodes completely unmarked like that? I mean, any strike, it doesn't matter who it is. It's just, it's pretty inept, isn't it? Um all of them were poor there. Yeah, this fourth goal really frustrates me because we actually the, the 
the, as you say, it's another long ball and the Blackpool wet player wins the header and he doesn't do anything with the header. He heads it down to Sam Hutchinson, who just has an incredibly heavy touch, like a really awful touch, and he just loses it straight away. Yeah, in my um, head, I, I blanked out that Hutchinson touch. It was so bad. You're absolutely bad. right. He has an absolute nightmare there. Yes. A dreadful touch. It was absolutely appalling. And it he just gives the ball away and he's twenty they're twenty-five yards out. Um you know, if he takes that down and, and just controls it, it's you know, there's no danger at all. Um, but instead he, he miscontrols it and it just rolls straight back through to a Blackpool player twenty five yards out from goal. What do you think of Sam Hutchison in the last few weeks and yesterday planning that role? Because in some games he's been fine, but yesterday he was just, I mean, I know he goes on to create the goal in a minute, but there's a lot of problems sourcing from him with his poor play. And I think that caused a lot of problems for the whole of the system. We we struggle, I think, with Hutchinson playing in the centre because we don't, to be honest, I I think it's a, there's two there's two elements to it. Hutchinson in the centre, he can have good games, and he has had a couple of good games this season. Um, so there's nothing to there's nothing to suggest that he's like a terrible player who shouldn't be in the squad ever again. Um, however, playing alongside Charlie Savage, Hutchinson and Savage, it, it, it doesn't work as a two. I don't think it just doesn't. I don't see what they're what they're meant to do because if Savage doesn't have a good game and he looks anonymous and, and yesterday he really did look anonymous. He, I mean, he might as he really didn't do anything. I don't think um, if he doesn't do anything, you kind of get Hutchinson charging around like a rhino, but he's not really adding anything. He's just running around chasing the ball. Um, and it doesn't feel like there's any kind of like discipline to him. And it, it just leaves these gaping holes in the centre of midfield. And we just completely get outplayed. And I mean, the preview podcast that I did on uh, Thursday with with the Blackpool podcast suggested that they were going to line up with three in the centre of midfield. And you think, well, if you're going to have three in central midfield, lots of people would suggest, oh, you need to start playing three in central midfield so you match up in terms of the um, amount of men, which... You know, I understand it makes sense, but you can play two against three in central midfield if you're disciplined and if you're, you know, prepared to not deviate from your position and not move around too much and not chase after the ball. But Hutchinson does it. He, he leaves these huge gaps. And then we're basically playing three versus maybe one at some points in central midfield. It, it's difficult to see kind of how he keeps a place in the team when he's making kind of errors which, A, don't like really fit into what his role probably should be in this system. And then B, he's, you know, combining that with individual mistakes, like the first goal and the the last goal yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the problem is, who do we bring in for him? I mean, you could say bring in maybe Michael Craig for him. Yeah, I'd like to see Michael Craig get some game time. Uh, in, In all the games so far where Michael Craig has played, he's looked energetic. He's looked very, very kind of like... um strong in the tackle he's broken up play i'd like to see him get some game time at some point in central midfield yeah i mean i guess the the problem is is that it's yet another inexperienced player isn't it alex i mean it's hard to know how to balance that out with reading at the moment because we haven't got any senior players that are actually decent in that position to come in um i mean he's tough there isn't he did you play wing in central midfield? Maybe uh, it's difficult to say. We're like we're really 
although we've signed lots of central midfielders, it's difficult to really know what the, the, the right combination is. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think, ultimately, in some of the away games, I think we do need to change the formation slightly. I think and Craig in as well. Have Craig in there as well as Hutchinson and you have Savage. And then it might give them all a little bit of protection when they inevitably make mistakes. Because I know Savage has got um, quite a lot of credit this season, but he also makes mistakes in games, obviously, because he's very young. So... I don't know. Who would you go for in that midfield, Alex? Well, I mean, the second half yesterday, we did play three central midfielders. um, And it looked okay. I wouldn't say it looked great, but it looked okay. And that was Savage, Wing and and Hutchinson together. Um, I mean, if I was to pick a three to start, I'd probably go with Elliot, Savage and Craig. I mean, it's very young, but... I'm kind of at a point where it's like I did. You almost might as well just pick these names out of a hat. Like we don't know what works and what doesn't at the minute. So, no, no, that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, everyone, lots of people uh, like the look of Elliot, including myself. 
Um, but yesterday he was uh, taking off at half time. What did you think of that? Do you think that was fair or do you think it, was, really it was bad in the first half? So I, I kind of worked on the assumption that maybe he got a knock in the first half and we're 3-0 down and there's not much point in him continuing. And it's similar to Aziz as well, who he kind of went down in the first half and came off at half time. And I think he must have come off with a slight knock or injury as well at half time. And I think at that point, Sellers kind of just goes with the assumption of, you know what, we're 3-0 down. Why why risk them for another 45 minutes when we can change the system and try something else for 45 minutes just to see what, what we can do? Yeah. Well, it was a little bit of a fan interaction with the manager at full time. Obviously, we do score the goal from Hutchison, um, get to deflection off James Hudson. But do we want to spend much time talking about that, Alex? Do we really? No. Nah, let's move on. Nah, who cares? So let's move on to the discussion then on uh, the points that you've sent in to us. Anthony Kendrick wants a balanced debate from us. So let's try and be balanced here, Alex. Okay. I'll try. On the kids versus the senior players. Should Holmes slash McIntyre return in place of Abby Binden? And why is the narrative so easy for some to make after the young lad's first drubbing? Now, I've got to say, I don't think Holmes should be returning at centre-back at all. Let's look at all those 13 away games when we didn't get a win when he was playing. And at Port Vale, he was shocking. Absolutely shocking. And he's been shocking for quite a while now. I mean, I hope Tom comes back and does really well. I think his confidence is shot. But I'm not seeing a player there that I'm thinking, oh, he's going to change the team. He's going to really solidify us, Alex. I mean, is that harsh? Or do you think that's kind of like you thinking along the same lines? I think Holmes has probably got the quality to play in this team. If, you know, if he was in any way, shape or form confident enough to do so. But as you say, I think his confidence is done, like completely shot. And the only way he's going to get that back is not, it's not going to be a Reading. It's just not um, at this point. The only way he's going to get that back is by by leaving Reading and moving clubs. Um, I mean, is, is Binden and Abbey the, you know, the game changer is it the the sole rule which you need in defence? No, probably not because we're playing what a twenty or nineteen year old and an eighteen year old at centre back in League One, who've never really played any league games at all before this season. Um, you know, it's not a. I don't. But I don't think you know one loss isn't suddenly a, a reason to be like oh, okay. Well, we should bring him. We should bring back in, as you say, Tom Holmes has been part of a defence which has conceded, what, 150 goals in two seasons? Doesn't, like, there's no, the correlation doesn't work for me. It just no, doesn't, no, I, don't, I don't get it. No, no, if you look at that and you think, oh, they're the answer, they're way better, you think, well, what is the question? Because actually I mean, they were terrible as well. I understand, so. I do understand the the kind of, like, you know, the, the point around should Binden and Abbey be automatically picked every single week um, as the two centre-backs? Probably not, right? But also, what are the other options? You play Harley Dean there? Who's, I would be uh, against who's... Harley Dean coming in. And I think particularly, I know Abby didn't have his greatest game yesterday, but I think maybe for Bindon. He kind of had a very poor 45 minutes last week against Bolton. Yesterday, he wasn't great again. And at sometimes, I mean, he might work out, he might play really well next week. But sometimes you, you've got to take them out a little bit earlier than you necessarily, you know, would. I think for, for away games, I think 
it wouldn't be an awful idea to be lining up with Dean. Uh, you know, in especially in these games where we're playing against a team who are, you know, a decent a decent footballing side or a side who are going to pump it long. Like, ultimately, if you're going to rely on Binden all season, um, you, he's going to have bad games. It's just inevitable. Same with Abby. If we're able to bring in Harley Dean when we go to these, you know, these grounds where teams are going to try and like get on top of us and, and outplay us and like yesterday Abby got dominated for two of the goals he just got out muscled um Binden regularly was out muscled as well yesterday on up like you know going for the ball and it's not to say that they're bad players but also you know if you've got a squad why not utilize it and I think Dean coming in for for these away games is is not it's not a bad idea um to to just at least get some rotation going there I'm sure people will say you need to kind of have a centre-back pairing and that's the best way that they're going to, you know, learn to play together well. But there's, I don't think there's a reason that we couldn't have three centre-backs and, and rotate them around where necessary. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, on Tom McIntyre, I would personally, as I said weeks ago, I'd play him at left-back because all the options I've seen there so far, I haven't seen anyone massively better. He's not yes, an amazing left-back. of that as well. So yesterday convinced me of that as well. Like yeah. there's no, there's, there's zero reason to be playing Mola there. Carson has looked up and down. Uh, Guinness Walker, I believe is actually injured at the minute, but seemingly has also been kind of bombed out. I'm not sure really sellers that wants to play him because he can't really defend. Um, McIntyre, yes, I'm. I get people don't really rate him and aren't really big fans of him, but he can defend at left back in League One. And would I play him at centre back? Probably not. But at left back, he's fine. Every time he's come on so far, he's he's been okay. It, I, I I would start McIntyre at left back and kind of accept the fact that it's we're going to look a little bit less kind of threatening going forwards on the left hand side, perhaps, but at least you've kind of got a little bit more of a solid base. Yeah, and I think airily, I think he's going to help you. He's not going to win every single header. We know that. No defender will ever do that. But I just think maybe he's the best option of not a great bunch there at the moment. Um, but we will see. Now let's move on to the system here. we got one here from Lord Justice. So he will obviously be able to get us to the bottom of this problem. We need to play more compact when away from home to absorb pressure, but counter fast. It's fine being expansive at home as the onus is on us to attack. Away from home, we are just so open and you can drive the number 17 bus straight through the central midfield. I do love the uh, mention of the number 17 bus there, I have to say. It's tough, isn't it? Because you look at yesterday and there was a hell of a lot of individual mistakes. There is no doubt on that. So then you think, OK, so is that the system? Or is that the players? My feeling is away from home, we need to adapt a little bit. I don't think we need to totally turn into Paul Lynch football because nobody wants that. But just a little bit, like we were saying, maybe three in the middle when we're away. Just see how it goes. And a little bit more game management when you go 2-0 behind, all of a sudden collapsing. The game's done. If you get in at half time and it's 2-0, Alex, you've still got a slight glimmer. It's unlikely, but 3-0 is done. Yeah, you're right. 3-0, the game's over and we're just playing for, you know, playing for goal difference, basically, and not to lose the second half. 
Um, on the subject of the central midfield, it's it's an interesting one because I think when we played against Bolton uh, or when we played against Stevenage, Cheltenham, we played the same system and it was at home and there was not there wasn't that kind of like um, crying out that we had massive gaps in the centre of the field. And a lot of that comes down to the games where we've won and we've done okay. It's because we've had a, a good central midfield performance. Yesterday was was a bad one. And like I like I said earlier on, I think a lot of that kind of lies with with Sam Hutchinson just going going walkies some of the time. Um along with the fact that Charlie Savage was poor on the ball. It doesn't that doesn't help either. But I think the, the, the gaps are is it the system or is it a player who who's deciding to just chase down the ball when it's not really his job to? Um, it's without really knowing what Ruben Sellers is telling them to do. It's difficult to know exactly, but I think it's for me. It's that you need a you need a player who's or you need a player in there who's going to be just more disciplined in in terms of holding that exact central role in front of the defence and and not not kind of going on a going on a wonder. Yeah, I think maybe I'd also totally forgotten about Lewis Wing there. So sorry, Lewis, that was a bit harsh on you. I'd have him in the midfield ahead of Craig, I think. One final question here, because my Wi-Fi is beginning to drive me insane here. One from Michael Barnett. What do you think would be an acceptable league position for us to finish in without any potential further points deductions? For me, it's about staying up. I know that sounds negative, and I know some people won't like that, but... I think the team at the moment has pretty poor quality, but I do think there's players in there with potential to improve given, you know, the rest of the season in say 18 months and two years time. I definitely think there are some players in there that could do that. And I think they will have times when they will get some wins and I think they will get consecutive wins, but they also have some pretty bad runs. So if we stay up, I'll be happy. Alex, what are you going to say on that? I'd like us to not end up in it. Well, I mean, Michael asks, you know, without points deductions, where should we finish? It's difficult really to say because we probably are going to get more points deductions. So I guess a, a more kind of pertinent question is how many points do we, or how many points should we be earning on the field this season, I think? Um, I think if we get 60 points and that would kind of put us, you know, I think that would probably give you like a, with no points deductions, you'd probably finish in about, 13th, 12th, 14th, somewhere around like mid-table. Um, but of course, that's going to be affected by the fact that we're going to end up with points deduction probably. So for me, it's it, I, I kind of agree. Like I know I said I said it last week. I was like, oh, we could finish 7th. And it's, it's so up and down because it's um, because every week it's like we see a different, different performance depending on whether we're at home or away. So I find it very difficult to to put an exact position on it. I'll, ultimately, I think uh, you know if we if we stay up and die on leaves, and it, is that a good season for us? Probably. Like, it, does it really matter? On means the field? anything happens is good. Yeah, <laughs> it, I just feel like it's, does, does it doesn't matter on the field if we finish in nineteenth place this year or eleventh place. What what difference does it make to us as fans anymore? Like, it's it's mm. nothing. It's just like yeah, we've. It, I'd rather see a team 
that we're playing at the minute. And yeah, they're, they're going to have these games like yesterday and they're going to be terrible in some games, but they're also going to have games where it all comes together and we win 4-0, 5-0 in a game. And if they end up finishing in, you know, whatever, 18th place, um, or you have the option of watching a team which is a bit dour, not very entertaining, and they ended up finishing in 11th place, then what's, you know, what would you prefer to see? It's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult question to answer, I think. But ultimately, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the, um, I'm kind of on the same bandwagon as you. I think at the minute, Paul. Unfortunately, it's just the whole, the whole season has to just be about like don't get double relegated, and whether that's negative or not is is kind of, I guess, down to the listener and hope for the best that the ownership situation changes and that. We can go into next season with players who've had a full season of League One experience under their belt, and you know, start to look to move move up the table. Um, it, it's difficult to really kind of give as much in the way of of lofty expectations. Otherwise, I think at the minute, yeah, I mean, we'd all love to be more positive, and this is why I enjoyed so much the little uh, flurry of two wins that we had in the week because you've got to you've got to, you've got to make the most of that. You can't not enjoy the moments when we do something good because something bad's going to happen because we all know that's going to happen regardless. So that's my mindset with this season. And because after the last few years, it just grinds you down, doesn't it? You just think, oh, just another one. And you kind of almost turn off to it, but it still gets you. It still annoys you. But thanks a lot for listening to this podcast. If you do appreciate our efforts, give us a five-star review on Spotify. Or Apple. I'm giving my Wi-Fi a fucking minus one million. So I mean, absolute shit house today. So uh, thanks a lot, and uh, we will be back with a pre-match preview for the game against Burton next week. Oh, get my Wi-Fi to work. <laughs>